finally, you can build your business on your terms without high pressure sales tactics. Here's our big idea. When you build more relationships, you have more leads, more leverage, and more life. So if you love people and want to sell more by serving, then this podcast is for you. It's time to step off the hamster wheel of cold conversations and join us in the new world of relational sales, a world of convenience, comfort, and ease. Through conversations with guests and short teaching episodes, you'll understand what motivates people to choose you and be inspired to create the kinds of sales opportunities that close at 91%. Are you ready to be completely free of the grind that most salespeople experience every single day? Let's get into it and start serving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Serving Not Selling. We are really genuinely excited you're here with us to learn from and hear from more Zucker. We've had fun with her backstage. It's going to be a great episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, you believe in this message, and you want to help more people find the show, please help us. Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This show grows because you share with your friends. We would greatly appreciate if you did that. Now, today, like I said, we've got a great guest, more Zucker, and we're going to be talking about if she were, now she is writing a book. We're going to talk about that at the end, but if she were writing a book for agents to be called consistency and the main three topics we're going to cover is showing up, keep a positive mindset and everything, view everything as a challenge rather than a setback. You're going to really enjoy our interview with more, but as always, before we jump in, Tyler, buddy, give me your interesting fact this week. Oh, fun fact, straight into it. Not going to tell everybody that we hung out together this weekend, that we actually were in the same city, had so much fun, our kids were playing, it's great. They don't care. Yeah, they don't, they don't. (laughs) Well, what they they also don't care about, but is interesting, did you know, (laughs) exactly, did you know that in Japan, per capita, there are 23 vending machines per person? How does that make any like financial sense? 23 vending machines Wait. per person in Japan. Okay, so, okay, it's got to be like way, way too many in like Tokyo and then spread out. But that doesn't period. make any sense. How does that, though. how does, yeah, like what is the average person stop at 23 vending machines in their lifetime? I can, like, <laughs> there's got to be, but, but there's got to be like other vending machines, not just food, right? I mean, I think that's got to be a given. It can't just be food. Yeah, it's got to it, be like buy yeah. a, pillow. I don't know why. It's non-specific. Yeah. They, they sell anything in vending machines over there. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. You've been there. So you would know better than me. That's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Well, mine is about sea otters because they're cute. And, and my kids and I were reading a book about sea otters. Did you know that sea otters use bubbles to stay warm? They trap (laughs) bubbles in their fur, creating a blanket of air that helps insulate them. How amazing is that? That's that's incredible. I mean, oh my gosh. That's pretty how come, cool. How come every time you have a fact, you're like, oh, this is the greatest fact in the world just because it's the one <laughs> you is, picked. It's yeah. interesting. Well, yours uh, is interesting, but like sea otters, man. Oh, Anyways, okay. more. Do you have do you have a fun fact that you want to share? Oh man, I wish I changed my fun facts because you guys are so much fun. (laughs) I used to be a professional poker player and I still play poker as a hobby uh, multiple times a week, sometimes uh, more than that as well. So uh, yeah, I used to do it for six years and uh, it's helped my real estate business too. Which that's okay. So, so back up. So professional (laughs) poker player, like that's all, that's literally what you did. That was your job. Does that mean you like travel around? No, I 
a casino hired me to be what's called a prop where they pay you per hour to play at their casino versus other casinos. And every money that you win or lose is your own. So you get an extra like added value for playing in a particular casino is more money per hour. Wow. You were a human prop. Yes. I don't think any of our listeners can say that. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's wait. So if you don't mind sharing and you don't have to, but I'm really curious just because I got to ask, how much are they paying you to sit there and play? Not much. They're paying you $15 an hour. And and you don't make the money on the 15 an hour. You make the money on the playing. Yeah. You got to win an additional. It's just like being in the house when you play blackjack, when you have an additional 15 an hour, Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives you that extra leverage over time when you calculate all your games mm. on an annual basis rather than wow. on a per day basis. It gives you more yeah. for the money for your losses. What's mm. the longest time you've played poker consistently or oh, co- like, wow. you know, like, consecutively? Yeah. Um, I once went on a two and a half day bender that I just played poker nonstop. Um, I go to Vegas and typically when big players lose big tournaments, they end up losing more money on the side games and they do on the actual tournament. So I had to kind of like try to pick up the side games and sometimes the side games are so hot and people are so tilted that you shouldn't leave the table if you're smart. Wow. Two and a half days. This is amazing. I, can now, we just talk about this the whole podcast? Okay. Like, so uh, Maybe but, we'll have to do a special show for that because we need to get on track. That's amazing, and it proves that when you said, when I said, if you were going to write another book, which again you are writing a book coming out soon, that you'd write a book, it would be titled Consistency. Clearly, you were living that out, right? So, so talk about that. So, why consistency? Let's start there. We'll jump into the bullet points. But why was consistency the thing that popped in your head? You said it immediately. Because it's the one thing that makes an agent between good to great. Um, Mm. Even very good agents lack consistency. It's the one thing that I've noticed that I could tell that someone's going to succeed in if they're consistent. Most of the time, Mm. people do things in spurts. They have spurts of energy. They come up with an idea to do farming, for example, and they'll do farming maybe three times and they'll quit. Or they come up with an idea to start reaching out to their, I don't know, whatever they call them, A clients, B clients, or Mm -hmm. first row clients, whatever that is, that's a common problem in the real estate industry. So the Mm -hmm. agents that are consistent, uh, their likelihood of success automatically increases just by doing the same thing and not quitting. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Uh, listen to that over and over and just do it. You'll be okay. play poker in your free time. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Get paid to play poker. Um, I love that. First of all, very good agents lack consistency. And it is it's it's time, you know, even an exercise or anything time over tension, right? It's time on task. It's whatever it is. It's how long do you do it? when people ask? Well, how did you work by referral? And how are you where you are now? If that's all you do? I've done it for seven and a half years, the same thing over and over. That's how I just keep doing it. Right. So, so talk about, so the three bullet points are consistency, love that. And you're going to dive in. Why would your first one be show up? Why would that be point number one? Because that's the first point where you make a decision if you're going to be consistent. If you're going to say, okay, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. And showing up doesn't actually mean physically showing up. Showing up means turning on your laptop and going to that spreadsheet you said that you would tend to. Going to that CRM, even if you're hungover, even if you, even if today, you know, there's a special day that you don't have to do it. Showing up. I mean, you have a podcast every week. 
and you do it consistently. And that's why you're successful because you're consistent with it every week. Even sometimes you don't feel good. You're still going to do it. Um, agency that treat their business like that, and they're going to, you know, be more successful and showing up, just doing what you said you would is the first step. Yeah. I mean, that's the first decision. I love how you put that. You can't be consistent if you don't show up in the first place, if you're not there. I I forget what book that I was reading recently. Like one of the things it talked about was literally just like not even snoozing your alarm, like the decision to wake up, the decision to show up is what starts the momentum of your day in a positive direction, right? So you choose to show up, not just physically, right? Like that, that's absolutely part of it, but anybody can really like peel themselves into the car, but can you be present and have actionable actionable items, a plan, implement and and commit to doing that and holding yourself accountable to showing up. Everybody has a different definition of what it is. And I would say that your level of success is probably in alignment with what your definition of showing up is. If your definition of showing up is just being present, then you're just going to blend in and be present with everybody else around you. But if your definition of showing up is is being present and growing and and doing something different and changing that day, then you're going to show up and change and grow and do something different in the marketplace and you're going to evolve your business. So I think that's a really, really good point. I wanted to circle back before we get too far in, you mentioned something about, I'm not going to bring poker into the whole podcast, I promise, but I'm fascinated by it. Um, So the idea of you making an extra 15 bucks an hour to be a prop, and you mentioned going back and looking at your earnings, having that extra 15 bucks an hour over time. So does that mean that you would like, obviously you probably tracked your earnings, but would you like modify certain things that you did in your routines based on how you were performing? Like, did you evaluate in certain buckets? Like, Hey, I earned this much in the last couple of days. I played this way. I should keep doing that. Or this style of play didn't work. Like what type of feedback did you do when you, you mentioned that, like monitoring your earnings? 100%. I treated poker as a business. When I said mm. that I worked as a professional poker player, I meant I also treated it like I treat my real estate. I had spreadsheets. I still hold those spreadsheets with my home games, but spreadsheets, uh, variants. I had notes about players. So my phone would be out and I would just say, okay, I'm going to, this guy is like, I don't know, pulled his shirt twice and then showed a bluff. Like, look, if he pulls his shirt again, and then I just keep on notes to see if I can, you know, change my game. Um, 100%, you have to stay um, on your toes in the poker game, just like you do in any business, you know, um, it would translate it to my real estate. And that's why it was easy for me to be consistent at my job, because I mean, I needed to know what I can't go to work, say I'm going to work and end up losing money, not know about it. You know, I had to be consistent with realizing this is a job that actually produces income for me. And, uh, you know, don't forget, I'm a young woman, uh, even younger then. And there was a lot of kind of like backlash from the people around me thinking that I'm a gambler. This isn't a real mm. job. So I really mm. had to prove myself with consistency. And that is why consistency, I believe, is the key and why I'm also successful in my real estate career. Hey, if you're loving this business by relationship approach and you want help to start your own perfect 36 touch system, we can do most of that work for you. Just go to businessbyrelationships.com backslash chat to grab a time to talk with me to see if that's a good fit. And now let's get back to the conversation. That's really good. 
Yeah, that Tyler, is, I want like, to say thanks too, man. I know she's making good points. Tyler, keep, keep interrupting me, buddy. Yo, go ahead, make it good. I'm making good because you listen you, to me you, talk you this time. <laughs> oh, All right, go ahead. This so make like the good. idea of you know taking you know, so much attention to detail when you're playing something at such an elite level like that, right? Like if you if you aren't focused and treating it like a business, right? It's not something that I mean you're doing it because you like it and it's fun, sure, but it's it's a means like it's it's a race that you're running with goals in place that you're trying to get to. And the second you lose sight of, of your plan or refining and growing in each, every moment, or you just like rest on your heels, that's when either the pack catches up or you have that blow up of a hand. Not that I've played poker at any type of high level, but to relate it to my previous, I used to play baseball more. We didn't even talk about this, but um, like if you we're have, you know, one, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, you have one bad hand and it sends you like into, you know, sends people in tilt into tilt, like you're talking about. And it's so hard to write the ship, you know, people can you know understand and you speak more to this, but like when you go on tilt, like, how do I get back out of it? Because you're constantly grasping, like, how do I get that positive momentum back in baseball? It was the same way. Like, one bad pitch. You thought you did everything right. And you're racking your brain. Like my systems were, I executed, but like the outcome was the opposite of what I was looking for. And that sends people into a tailspin. And like, how do you, like, how do I get the train back on the tracks? Even when I thought I was doing everything right, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. So like, you have to trust in that process. So in all of that, my question, I guess, is like, I mean, you can relate it to your business too. Sometimes you do everything perfectly and the deal goes south or it doesn't result in, you know, the book that you're writing about investing. Sometimes the investment doesn't go out how you planned it to. But how did you, when you were playing and now and running your business, like when things started to get off track, like how did you take kind of the emotion out of it, have like accountability to self with those feedback loops and then put the train back on the track? 100% why my second thing on consistency is positive attitude. You absolutely hit the nail on the head because I see it in reality. Somebody is on a good mindset in poker. It was in poker as well. And they'd have, like you said, a bad hand and it, it doesn't matter afterwards what's on tilt. They're making mistakes because their mindset is not in the right space anymore. And it's the same thing in real estate as well, which is why when you show up, you do show up with a positive attitude. And you know, in today's market, when the shifting market, I can already see how that mindset affects agents where they're giving themselves excuses why they're not producing because they're saying, oh, the market's mm. shifting or nobody's getting any offers on their listings either. Um, that's like me saying, oh, I got a bad beat like, and getting mm. all, you need to refocus your attention, realize that, you know, you can make a difference with your decision making, that sitting and thinking that bad hands happen to you, end up having you bad things happen to you because you tend to believe in them. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy in life, in real estate, in poker, having a positive mindset frees you, even when it's really hard from additional negative energy that will come your way from adopting to a negative mindset. Hmm. And yeah, to your point, like having a positive mindset doesn't mean no negative things happen. Right? Correct. They still, they still happen. The positive mindset is, you know, it makes me think about this is a major throwback, but the movie Zoolander, which is, I don't even know when that came out, 2000, 2001, maybe. I don't know when it came out, but I remember Maury, who's the dad, if I remember correctly, is talking to Derek and said, Derek, what happens when you fall off the horse? And Derek's looking around like he doesn't know. And he says, you get back up again. And then Derek says, sorry, Maury, I'm not a gymnast. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I love that part of it. But my point is, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like the positive mindset is you're going to fall. 
that's a given. Like if we, if we enter into business and we enter into real estate thinking we're never going to fail, well, then when we fail, we're not going to know what to do because that's an unrealistic expectation, right? The positive mindset is I'm going to fail, but that's okay because I'm going to get back up and try. One of my favorite quotes of all time by an author named Charles Kettering is the only time you can't afford to fail is the last time you try. So -hmm. as long as we keep trying, it's good. We're going to be okay. Right. So I love that you jumped right back into the positive mindset. Now I want you to walk into, cause I, we're going to come back to mindset because that's a super important topic, but I want you to walk in through into viewing everything as a challenge. Cause it's a similar idea, but viewing everything as a challenge rather than a setback. What does that mean? And how does that play out for you now in your business? Let me give you an example. I worked on a land acquisition deal for 18 months, and it was one of the hardest deals I've had. We had to do rezoning. Um, We had so many problems. Um, I literally spent like months upon months on it, and then it ended up falling 10 days before closing with the buyer backing out completely. Um, And I ended up not even selling the land after I worked on it for a year and a half. Um, Mm. I could have been completely, you know, I guess, disheartened from land acquisitions at that point. And I'm not going to lie. It has kind of given me a less of a desire to go and jump at it. But the challenge was that I've learned. So that was a challenge. Now I found I know so much about rezoning, redevelopment. Any agent that comes my way has a land question. I answer and that those 18 months were not, was not free. I actually Hmm. learned so much. I had gained so much knowledge that I ended up closing two extra deals outside of this one because of the knowledge that I learned from this deal. That's seeing Hmm. everything as a challenge. When you're seeing it, you know what? That was a challenge. The challenge wasn't to earn money and close the deal. The challenge was to learn all about land acquisitions on multi-unit developments in Denver County. That was the challenge. I just didn't Mm. see the challenge at the time until I was past it. So when you realize that things happen to you for your greater good, sometimes they're growth lessons, um, not necessarily the way you wanted them to be and change. Sometimes you don't have to do anything, but shift your perspective on things rather than Mm. saying, things aren't going my way. This deal is falling for me. Like, what have I learned from this deal? Who did I meet because of this deal that I now know? What have I said to somebody that now is going to remember me and ask me to do their business. You know, in this business, everything is a network. Every time you talk to someone about a deal, mention a deal, do something, it leads to other things to happen to you, kind of like a ripple effect. So never see anything bad that happens as something negative. It really always is a challenge, whether it's real estate or life. Okay. That's all we got. I keep, we keep having mic drop moments for more. So I love that. First of all, and, and a great author, Andy Andrews, I say this often, but a great author, Andy Andrews always said, the only way to change the same, the same truth is to change your perspective, right? It's the only way to change it. And it's exactly what you talked about. I love too, that you hit on that because the reality is like you said, it, most agents were wired to say, well, my job in this scenario is to go close this house, close this deal and earn a paycheck, right? That's what my job is, but reframing it to understand, no, your job in this moment is to learn. Your t- and that could be anything, whether it closes or not, right? But even if it does close, your job is not just to go earn a paycheck. Your job is to develop a relationship with that person. Your job is to get better, you know, for the next transaction, better than the one that you just had, right? Like just continuing that growth and that attitude and understanding, like you said, if you viewed it as, if you had a negative mindset, a scarcity mindset, 
mindset, if you viewed it as a setback, those things would be hard to come back from, right? To spend 18 months to think that you could come back from that. You might come back from that one, but do it a couple other times. You're like, you know what? I'm done. And I'm convinced that's why we have such a high turnover in this industry because the emotional toll that it takes on people and they're not ready for it. So how do you, how do you maintain, what are you doing to maintain that positive mindset when you go through a, a challenge like that? So back to what you're saying earlier, I'm just going to jump back. You're right mm -hmm. on the fact that the 18 months is not to earn a paycheck, but I challenge the listeners to take a deal that fell for them three years ago and start channeling who the people they've met from that deal and what they've closed. And I will show you that every transaction mm -hmm. that didn't close ended up earning the agent money over time. So when mm, do you quantify, when do you quantify if the closing happened? Is it the actual closing or is it all all the deals that you have had as a result of that closing mm. over a 10 year period. What mm -hmm. is the actual, cause in real, like in real estate, we say the closing in poker, it could be the hand, it could be the poker day. It could be the month. It could be the year, but really is an mm. overtime look. Same thing in real estate. I don't quantify on this close it. I look at my career. And when I look at my career mm. and I see one client and I look at how that trickle down to business, I can tell you that all the clients that never closed ended up closing me business anyway. Mm. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it just goes into the, you know, again, that like you talked about the ripple effect, but it goes into the importance of consistency and it's all your points. If you show up and, and like mentally show up, obviously physically, but mentally you're there as well. You keep a positive mindset, which you've got to work on that, right? You, you can't just show up and be like, I'm going to be positive today. And that's it. You've got to develop that. You've got to learn. You've got to listen to podcasts. You've got to read books like the one more has got coming out. Like you've got to work on those things. Right. And then in the way, right. You like that. Uh, and then you got to understand and view things in their proper way as a challenge, not a setback. Right. Uh, I forget who said it. I think it was Zig Ziglar, but failure is not a person. It's an event. Right. I love that quote. Failure is not a person, it's an event. And so things are going to happen. That's okay. What, what is your mindset? What are you listening to? But exactly what you're talking about is the consistency over time is going to get you there. So you work on a deal for 18 months and you're like, you know what, never mind, I'm going to quit. Well, you don't get to experience the, the positive ripple effect that comes 10 years down the road, like you talked about more, right? You just quit and you give up too early when all these ripple effects that start to happen, you've now uh, you've now just moved out of that and no longer will you take advantage of those things, right? It's hard for people to, to wait, but I love the mindset of everything you've done up until this point, wherever your business is now is a ripple effect of everything you've already done, right? And I'm also going to tell agents if I can, is that they, the newer agents believe that when they're coming to negotiate on deals, they're coming to fight with the other agent that shows who's the better agent, who's going to win. Um, when this is a career and you sell a lot of real estate, the people you're going to work with the most are other agents. So mm -hmm. having good professionalism, kindness, treating people with respect, um, maintaining a high, good, nice reputation is very important mm -hmm. for longevity in your career. I can't tell you the number of agents that had production that sat in front of me. And I just heard from so many different agents that they're really difficult to work with and they're not mm -hmm. nice people. Um, none of your businesses, I don't care how much money you make is not going to be sustained if you're not a nice person. And if you maintain good relationships with other agents in your business too. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. <laughs> We can keep talking, but for the sake of our listeners, uh, so listen to the podcast episode. Tyler just created a spinoff show called Real Estate, I mean, podcast, Real Estate Poker. 
Uh, so go I'm find in. that on wherever you find it. Yeah, right. Hosted Tyler by Morse Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So <laughs> you're just trying to cut me out, buddy. I understand you've been doing that since you started, but it's okay. I got, I'm the host and hey. I can, I can mute you at any point. Thanks for letting me talk because, today, bud. Hey, you're welcome, man. I'm really proud of you. You said some pretty decent things. So <laughs> this is a terrible way to segue into. So more as we ask everybody, the name of the show, Serving Not Selling, you just hit on it, but what does Serving Not Selling mean to you? Serving, not selling means that you're not thinking about earning the money. You're thinking about giving value to people. I never mm. even calculate my paycheck. Sometimes I get to the closing and I, and I get the check and that's the first time I see how much I'm earning. And I mm. haven't even got the numbers until that moment. Um, as crazy as that sounds, all I want to do is make sure, uh, especially when you have a lot of transactions going on and that's your, I guess, goal to get to the point where you're just multiple transactions all the time that you don't need to count the mm. money. You just need to give good service and make sure that your clients are happy, that you're doing a good job and you keep that. The money's going to come anyway. Um, it's always attaches itself to good vibrations and good hard work, regardless of what work it is. I love that. Bringing value, not earning a paycheck. That's that's one of the best summations of that that I've heard, Tyler. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. I haven't heard it maybe said that well, but that's really good. So more, I want, the, want you to tell them how they can find more about you and connect with you. But first, tell us briefly about uh, your book, Real Estate Investing Secrets, that's coming out. Probably will be out by the time the show comes out. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so um, my team and I, we work a lot with investors and fix and flippers, and we notice lots of problems um, that they ended up encountering with that caused them to earn or not earn as much as they should. So we've come up with uh, lots of little secrets that um, you can learn as an investor, but also as an agent, um, you can mm. read this book and then uh, take some of those advice and share it with your clients when they're working with you. It'll be very beneficial. And uh, mm, that will good. be all available to be bought on Amazon. Awesome. That's fantastic. Okay, great. So real estate investing secrets, everybody, when that comes out, go take a look Buy that. I love what you said too more. Just educating as an agent, even if you're not an investor, what you just said it, bring value, not earn a paycheck. That's serving, not selling. If you care about that, educating yourself about what your clients will care about, very important. So I love that you said that more. So tell us how, or tell our listeners, how can they learn more about you or from you or connect with you? What's the best way for them to go do that? So first of all, check out our real estate team website, Team Denver Homes, and you can find us also on all social media with the same handle, Team Denver Homes. And if you want to uh, reach out to me directly, it's my name, Moore Zucker. Awesome. Yeah. You said that the way you said your last name is way cooler than how I've been saying it. So my <laughs> apologies. No, you said <laughs> Yeah, more. Thank you so much for joining us, agents. I hope you found a ton of value out of that. I know that I did. Just loved so many things that you're talking about. Go buy the book when it comes out. Agents, we appreciate you. Share this with a friend and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Serving Not Selling. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other salespeople and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast app. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. And if you're loving this whole business by relationship approach and you want help to start your own Perfect 36 Touch system, we can do most of that work for you. Just go to businessbyrelationships.com backslash chat to grab a time to chat with me to see if we're a good fit. And stay tuned for the next episode of Serving Not Selling.